two feathers in their cap as well, and they, they start with letter B. So if it's Ben, it's Brown, it's Bell. You know, we, we, we know what those guys can do, and to have all of them healthy and, and, and clicking on all cylinders could be dangerous for Kansas City, but I think it's going to be close to a lot of people think, though. It could be a, a one-score game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a going, tight I'm game as Pittsburgh. well. I'm going with Pittsburgh. All right, all right my friend, and let's, uh, let's head to the final game of the weekend. Uh, well, you, you referenced experience there, and we've, we've had that be a, co- a common theme throughout this show so far when talking yeah, about man. this specific game. The two biggest stars on the Dallas Cowboys uh, have got none when it comes to the playoffs. Is that going to hurt them uh, in this game? You know, we'll see. I mean, these guys are playing well into, you know, second semester you know, they're, because they're both rookies. If you think about it right mm-hmm. now, you know, that. Their seasons would be done with, no matter what team they were on, if they were playing for a national title or not. So when you look at these young guys in, in Dak and Zeke and what they bring to the table, you know, with their playoff experience, sometimes I think it, it, it just goes to show you that they're just young enough, just dumb enough. I'm not saying when it comes to, to football acumen or actual intelligence level, but when you, yep. when you don't know that you're not supposed to be there, I mean, these guys clearly know that they, they played one hell of a season, but they also know yep. that, hey, I don't care what, what, what Green Bay's got to bring for us. Like, they just beat New York. New York beat us. Good. They got New York out of our way. Now it's time to get Green Bay out of everyone else's way. And I think that's exactly where the Cowboys are at right now. They don't, they don't care about Aaron Rodgers. These guys are young. They could care 100% less about Aaron Rodgers. So I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to go out there and they're going to get it done. Yeah, we shall see. Bob Bartis just said the same thing at the end of the last segment to me here. He said it. He said, you know what? I think that the... The innocence, the you know that that you just spoke of, sort of the we don't know where we are. We're just going and we're having fun and we're playing. That's what Bob said as well. He thinks that could propel right. them they're, into the next they're, round. They're just coming in with pride and testosterone, and they don't know they're not supposed to lose, and they believe in themselves. And when you have a tight group that believes in themselves, that's when they're dangerous. You know what it reminds me yeah. of a lot, and I'm going to show my age here, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to throw a little college basketball reference at you, my friend. Uh, I, I'm thinking Fab Five, Michigan. And, you know, it, yeah. as long as it doesn't come down to a, uh, a, a, an inopportune timeout or non, non-timeout, uh, you know what, they, that could be the case. You guys could nail it there. I mean, that reminds me a lot of those kids then. I mean, that, that's how they played. And they were unreal, I mean, with the skill they brought. And they were so fun to watch. And that's been the case with these guys. So it's either going to be a case of that or it is going to come down to some play at the end, right, where maybe if they were Tom Brady or somebody who's been there before, they could have handled it better. But I think this is going to be a tight game. I really do. I, I, I think Green yeah. Bay is coming in there rolling right now. Um, but you know what, Cole? I, I picked the Packers, but I want the Cowboys because, as yeah. you know, I just don't like Aaron Rodgers. I just don't. I know. And I, I know. I heard Lou Maloney. Okay, you remember Lou Maloney he used to play for the yeah, Red Sox? A- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good, sweet Lou. He's, uh, he's, he's on EEI here at the midday, and he was talking earlier, and he was talking about, you know, all the, the hype and the credit that Rodgers is getting for so-called calling it and calling his shot and saying we were going to run the table. And he made a great point. He goes, well, look at their damn schedule. He'd be the biggest choker ever if he didn't run the table. whoop de dip de doo I mean, if, you know... If Robert Griffin III said he was going to run the table, then okay. We'll give him some credit if he does it. But big deal, Aaron Rodgers. 
Like, who cares? Like, you look at your schedule. You were supposed to win those games. So I don't understand yeah. why the world is, is drooling over them like they always do. And I'm with him. I'm just so sick of the, you know, the, the everybody's lipstick all over Aaron Rodgers right now. It's just, it's killing me. Yeah, no. Everybody loves him, and that's the thing. It's, uh, you know, that, well, are you supposed to win games? Yes. I mean, but like we said, MVP candidate, I don't know. MVP candidates no. don't have no. their team sitting at, at, at four and six. Like yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't very valuable to the team at that point. Obviously, it's a "What have you done for me lately?" You know, type of award, and he, and he he was uh, you know fantastic over the last you know six seven weeks. But you know, you have to take all those things into account. And everybody, they just love Aaron Rodgers. But you know, I would love nothing more to see than than uh, than the old Zeke and Dak go out there and get after, especially Dak Prescott. His story, man. I mean, I, I love the way that you know he was kind of you know overlooked. You know, I flipped down in the draft. The Cowboys, they they picked him. They wanted other other quarterbacks, and all he's done is man, it's made them made them the, the proudest recipients of, of that selection. And uh, I'm telling you, he's he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, not just this year, but for many years to come. Like seeing that guy's story and, and how he, he he lived just to, to, to make his uh, his mother proud, pretty remarkable, man. And I think this guy's going to go out there and he's going to he's going to he's going to put a foot in Green Bay. All right, my friend. Well, maybe we'll send this one out to him. One of my favorites, Sam well, Cook. And, and, and tell Lou Maloney. Tell, tell Lou Maloney to tell Dan Shaughnessy and uh, Steve Buckley, man, to get me back in that old time baseball game. I still, I still <laughs> got a little, little, little heat left on the arm, man. I bet you do, my friend. We'd love to have you out here. You make it out here, my man. You're coming over for uh, one of Mama's Italian meals, all right? Absolutely, Murph. Sounds good, buddy. Hey, thanks for all the help, Cold. Really appreciate all you've done to help the stretch run and myself and. Uh, Justin Sullivan, we uh, we thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts, buddy. Keep in touch, all right? Absolutely, man. Likewise. My pleasure. All right. And by the way, more breaking news out of L.A. They make uh, Redskins offensive coordinator Sean McVay at Sean age 30 the youngest coach in modern NFL history. Cole, have a good one, buddy. Be good, guys. That is okay. Thank Cole you, Wright of NFL Network joining us here on ESPN New Hampshire and the final stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. I am Jimmy Murphy, Bob Bars alongside... When we get back, Hall of Fame hockey scribe, Russ Conway. So stay with us. I was born by the river In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long A long time coming But I know Change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long, a long. Time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. I go to the movie, and I go. You're listening to the stretch run with Jimmy Murphy right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. All right, our 
Student Athlete of the Month is Uta Sharma of Bishop Girton, one of the better Cardinals on the soccer field and one of the better Cardinals in the classroom, so to speak. What do you think the difference was between this year and, and in years past with BG Soccer? I think, like, really this year in particular, the senior class like was able to come together and uh, like kind of lead the team to some newfound success uh, like after struggling like so long together. I kind of like knew that it was going to be like someone had to step up and I kind of like wanted to fulfill that role like Mm. especially my senior year. You're going to Johns Hopkins. What strives you in the class and what keeps you attentive? I've always been kind of interested in like the math and science side of things but I like taking some tough liberal arts kind of courses as well like Mm. Latin and stuff. How's the Latin class? That sounds tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough. What made you settle on Johns Hopkins? I visited there and did, like, a couple campus tours, and I'm really, like, excited to be in Baltimore. Like, it's a really fast-growing city. It's, like, a lot of things are happening. Obviously, it's, like, a great school. Udit Sharma of Bishop Girton is our Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located at Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Map out an adventure your whole family will always remember. Disney on Ice presents Passport to Adventure. Journey across the African plains with Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Fly off to Neverland with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Explore the underwater world of Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian. And trek through Arendelle with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The journey begins in your hometown. Playing January 26th through 29th at SNHU Arena in Manchester. Tickets are on sale now. Visit DisneyOnIce.com today. It's Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley. The salary cap is going through the roof. Insane. The money is going to be 10 times worse than what it is this year. So yes, that contract was 15 a year, 15 and change a year. If that happened, if he signed that deal now, that's 20 a year because of where the salary cap's going. All right. Numbers are going to be inflated. NBA fans are obscene, are going to be obscene seeing some of the numbers that are going to come out in the next yeah. couple years. And a lot of outrages, and we're going to talk about it in here. We're going to talk, everyone's going to talk I mean, about it. The numbers are going to be stupid. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. Does your child have dreams? Some babies are born with SCID, a serious defect of the immune system. Fortunately, my son Andy was screened, diagnosed, treated, and cured. With newborn screening, Andy and every child can have a lifetime of dreams. All newborns need to be screened for SCID. A simple test may save your baby's life. Jeffrey Modell Foundation, helping children reach for their dreams. To learn more, talk to your doctor or visit our website at info4pi.org. Make sure you check out our half-off deals on ESPNNHradio.com. Well, Jimmy Bright, our monica in the pub where I was born. We played it from the night time to the pace of early morn. He sold the souls of psychos and the men who had the horn. And they all looked very happy in the morning. But Jimmy didn't like his place in this world of ours. When he had the man brought storm in his decks and he had too many pairs. So it's sad to see the grieving of the people that I'm leaving. And he took the road for God knows in the morning. We walked into the 
On the final stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire, I am your host, Jimmy Murphy. Bob Bardis is alongside me right now. Now, Mr. Bob Bardis, as you know from hearing him on my show once a week and hearing him all over ESPN New Hampshire and uh, WHMN. WSMN. SMN, yes. yeah, WSMN. Uh, does a great job covering NASCAR, and he's a big race guy. And yet, he has never had the privilege of being on the air with me when I welcome on our next guest and a good friend of mine and a race aficionado like Bob, Russ Conway, joining us right now. Russ, Bob, and Jimmy Murphy here. How are you? Bob, Jimmy, how are you guys on this nice, balmy, 58-degree day here? <laughs> now, Russ, I know you, uh, you venture down to FLA usually in the winter. I was talking to uh, some people I know that are down there right now. It's warmer here where we are in Concord, New Hampshire, at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, it's warmer outside here than it is in Orlando right now as we speak. Really? Yeah. Now, I was talking to Wayne Cashman, and he was in uh, Key West fishing. He said it was windy, but he said it was beautiful there. Okay. So I guess the further but, north Florida, they, it's a little different, I guess. But uh, you I, know, I don't know. I don't know how it will be in Nashville tonight. <laughs> it could be it could be real hot there or in Chicago. Yeah, I hear you, my friend. Uh, before we uh, we get into the current Bruins, uh, let's talk about one former Bruin and Mister Bruin, the ultimate Bruin, and a a friend of yours uh, who passed away just over a week ago. Uh, the one and only Milt Schmidt. You were uh, in attendance at the services and memorial uh, for Mister Schmidt. Uh, Give us a take on, uh, you know, what went down there and what it was like seeing all those people who came out to pay their respects. Well, it was wonderful to see some of the former players show up. Uh, Eddie Westfall flew his plane in from Florida. Uh, Dallas Smith I picked up. Uh, he flew in from Arizona. Uh, Rick Smith drove down from north of Ottawa. Uh, his players respected him so much, and anybody that ever knew Mel, uh, and I've said it over and over again, if he told you something, you could take it to the bank. There was no BS with him. Uh, he he was a class act all the way. Great storyteller, a lot of fun, and certainly deserves to be known as the ultimate Bruin. I mean, Bobby Orr was there yesterday. He I mean, certainly... Donnie Sweeney came. Uh, there, there were a number of people. Donnie Marcotte, uh Don McKinney, old and recently old. Ray Bork was there. Uh, you know, it was by invitation. But it, Milt was a very special person, not just in my life, and everybody that ever knew him. He touched we Dallas was sitting next to me, and I whispered to him during the service. Uh, the priest had said something, and I said, do you know how many thousands of people this guy affected that, and that Milt knew? <laughs> thousands, tens, 
he, uh, Jimmy, Bob, he was alive 10 decades, just about. Wow. It's unreal. Imagine what went on in his lifetime. I mean, yeah. you know, he was born in, in like 1917, not 1918, okay? Yeah. Jeez. He was born before the... He was, I said it to Justin on the air uh, the day he died. I said, you know what? He was born right before the Curse of the Bambino started, right before that season. <laughs> so he was th- born that puts basically, it in perspective. Be- basically before the 16 NHL in 1917, yeah. yeah. 18. I mean, think about it. A hundredth year, he was the only guy in the history of the game Yep. To ever play for his team, to ever be the captain for his team, to win two Stanley Cups with his team, to coach his team for 11 years, 11 seasons, and to win two Cups as a manager of his team. Nobody Unreal. in hockey, in, in NHL hockey history has ever done that. And, and, and the whole thing that he went away and, and served for his country and came back and, and won the MVP after that. Just that's correct. That. That's, that's, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> and, and, and you know, he, it's funny. I was in to visit him with Johnny Deuce a couple of days before Christmas. Chap as a tack. He really was. And in mine, uh, we were laughing so hard. He kept going, and I got going. And Chief was laughing. But Milty, he was sharp. He told stories. He, he told one story that was 50 years old. As if it happened yesterday. <laughs> and then he related something to me that he remembered about me in 1970. And again, if it was last night, I yeah. mean, it was amazing. You know, he told us one quick story that day. It was funny. He says, you know, I'm proud of a lot of things. You know, one thing I'm proud of, I thought he was going to tell me a hockey story. <laughs> he says, you know... I was able to shoot my age in my 70s, my 80s, and my 90s. I shot a 90 when I was 90. I, the guy played golf three, four times a week. So one time, one time I'm playing golf with him at Andover Country Club in a tournament. Paul Kelly was with me, and uh, I don't know who the fourth was offhand. Anyways, Milt drives in, and I said, Milt, he's here now. I take the golf cart right over the parking lot. Come, hey, Uncle Melty. Hey, Russ, how are you? Can you get my sticks? Yep. I load them up in the back of the golf cart. And he's putting his shoes on. He puts his, his right golf, takes his shoes off, puts a right sock on his right shoe. And then he says to me, hey, can you help me a little bit? And I said, yeah, sure, Melty, whatever you want. He said, can you help me with this left shoe and sock? And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And he's got his legs dangling out over the side of the, the door there, you know, uh-huh. the, the driver's door. I looked down, and his second toe, next to his, his big toe, right at the first knuckle, is bent 45 degrees left, <laughs> like straight left, and it goes over three toes. What? What? And I says, Milty, what happened to your toe? Well, we were playing in 1949. And he starts to tell me this story. <laughs> I got hit in the boot, and stupid me, I took the boot off, and then they taped it, and they had to, they had to wrap it and everything. I put it back in. Anyways, I went out and played the third, and we won the game. That's what counted. 
I said, yeah, but what happened since then? Well, after that, we had a train to take to Toronto. <laughs> well, our trainer there, our trainer liked to have a nip or two. I didn't want him touching my foot. So, <laughs> so then he says, he says, you know, they said, well, we're going to have to operate on it. And he said, no, but my dead body, we got the playoffs coming up. I got to play <laughs> the playoffs. He's a hockey player. I love it. Okay, exactly right. And so he says, that summer, I said, what happened in the summer? He said, that summer, we went back to Kitchener for a while. And anyways, I never got it fixed. Not only that, he won the hot trophy after this, okay? So, so I says to him, I said, did you ever think of getting it fixed? No, I didn't, it didn't bother me much after that. But, Russ, do me a favor. Don't tell many people about this, will you? And I said, no, I'm not going to let the injury report out tomorrow. Don't worry about it. So, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And, and that's how he played. And, oh, and that's wow. how he was. I mean, he never complained about things. He was a friend to everybody. And he truly was a Bruin, even though he went to Washington. You know, I mean, he went to Washington because they brought Harry in, named the managing director. I asked him, I said, how do you feel? He says, I feel like I got shot between the eyes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, he, he was true to his heart and true to his head. I mean, if he told yep. you something, he meant it. Yep. He really did. And, and, you know, from day one I ever met him, I could, I could spend all the rest of the day and night, which I did, by the way, in the afternoon and night last night. Dallas Smith and I sat for two hours, three hours telling Milty stories. Ricky Smith was around. I mean, Bobby was there, a whole bunch of people. And everybody has a Milty story. Everybody. And, and they're all affecting people, you know, in a positive way. So, anyways, great. you asked me. I, I'm, you know what? I, like I, I said to Bobby, you know, we knew this would happen. I was hoping he'd make 100, but that's selfish. But anyway, I said, the thing I'll miss most is just talking with him. He was so much fun to talk with. Yeah. And, and very, very sharp and truly a, a, a Bruin. Uh, I mean, true and true. Well, I'll tell you what, Russ. I, you know what? He, uh, he touched me as well. I- I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times and just having one of those classic Milchmidt combos with him. And, uh, you know, you walk away saying, ah, I- I'm lucky to have uh, encountered that person. And you- you're right. He was so sincere and, and just a pleasant, pleasant individual. And uh, we were blessed to have him. Uh, Russ, I don't know. I-, I don't even think I want to talk about the current Bruins and ruin everything you yeah. just told us. So well, we'll, we'll just leave what? it at that. That laugh of his, that laugh, you get going with it. And then he'd have that milky laugh, and that little, his eye would, like, flicker right at exactly. you, right? And, exactly. And he'd start laughing. And that day we went to see him, I'm telling you, he had tears coming down. He was laughing so hard. And I went to shake hands with him at the end. My God, he had such a grip. I looked at Chiefs, and he says, that ain't bad, is it? Milty looks at me and he says, not bad for 98, huh? And I said, I wouldn't want to get in a jam with you right now. On the way out the door, I waved at him and he says, well, you still got four fingers and a thumb. 
<laughs> he had such a great wit, a great sense of yep. humor, but he cared. And, and you know, he made, uh, you know, the priest said yesterday, he said, you know, this, this man, he said, enjoyed every day the best he could. Think about it. Think about yep. it. It's Almost true. 99 years. Yeah. My word. And he was a fun guy. He was. He was an inspiration to us all, and we'll leave it on that. And this is the song they played for uh, Milt. I don't know if you saw the tribute they did, Ross, at TD Garden last week before the they Oilers game. They did a good game. job with they, that. They did a nice job with that. And I, I yeah. thought the song was apropos. I thought it was perfect. And uh, so we'll play this one for Milt. And, you know, Russ... You've always been good to me, my friend. Uh, you know this is our last show here on ESPN New Hampshire, so uh, we're honored to have you on. And I'll tell you what, you, you're much like Milt Schmidt yourself, my man. Don't shortchange yourself, okay? Yeah, well, you'll be around. Don't worry about it. You, you resurface, you know. People, yeah. you're just moving on, that's all. Yeah, I'm like that leprechaun they can't get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you'll listen, be, Russ, have a good one. All right, all right. Okay, we'll Jimmy talk to you Ball. soon, my Take friend. Yeah, thanks. All right. Thank you, sir. Hockey Hall of Fame hockey writer and a man like Milt Schmidt, young at heart, always good with his stories and good with his wit. That is Russ Conway joining us here on the stretch run, the last stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We have one hour left, so stay with us. We'll be back live from Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord, 8 Loudon Road. Come on down, say hello. If you're young at heart.